0: Near FM presents Paddy Goes to Petra, written by Anya Ryan, directed by Anna Nugent. Please be advised the topic we are about to explore may not be suitable for young listeners. This production was recorded remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic. now departing from Sofia Airport
1: to Aqaba. Bally Bunyan was our dart for years when the children were young. Friends of ours had a cottage by Beale Beach. Cross the road and the Atlantic Ocean beckoning majestically before you. We'd go every July for a week. Eilish's sister Julie and her family would usually join us and we'd all cram in together. One or two of us sleeping on the floor. Usually me. Julie's husband Jack is a finance man. He was earning enough money even back then to have had his family vacationing in Bali. But no, all they ever wanted was Bali Bunyan. Our neighbour, Tom Murray, would be watching the cows for me and if anything went wrong, I could zip back to my farm in two hours. When our friends sold that cottage, we started holidaying in other counties. Eilish and our daughter Joanna would trawl through listings in the paper of holiday homes for let. We stayed in some fine establishments but some real dodgy places too. The farmhouse in Castlemaine was the absolute worst. Damp and old-fashioned, without charm. And to top it off, the widow letting the house was camped up in a caravan beside it and still came in to access the bathroom during our stay. Good morning, Mrs O'Shea. I sang the famous song associated with the area in the car on the way down. My son Killian remembered the words for that song for the longest time after, so at least that was something. Mayo, Donegal, Galway, Wexford, Waterford, West Cork, Kerry again. We did them all. Some year's neighbours came with us. One time we had twenty people in a house with bedroom space supposedly for six. Eilish would invite every sort. We even had the parish priest on holiday with us below in Rosslare.
2: It's great to be popular. Oh, wonderful, Eilish.
1: And I inside, peeling endless potatoes and parsnips to feed the masses. Joanna and Killian insisted on bringing a friend too as they got older. A mutual friend because we could only fit one other in the car. So we used to bring Sadie Tierney from the village. They both got along with her famously. I would have stayed travelling Ireland forever. But aged 11 or that, Joanna started to inquire about holidaying somewhere foreign. Returning to school in September, she'd hear other classmates going on about holidays in Spain, Portugal, them usual sun-drenched nations. Eilish absolutely spoils the kids, and she got infected with equal notions of exploring Europe. Thankfully, the price for those package holidays is a farce, so we quickly ruled that out and compromised by visiting Wales. Ah, it was worth it, for the excitement on Joanna's face driving up to Dublin Port for the six o'clock ferry to Hollyhead. After that, we didn't actually go anywhere foreign again for a while, because once the lads started secondary school, opportunities seemed to emerge from every direction for trips abroad. Joanna's trad group ended up in Chicago for a stint on St. Patrick's Day. Then she had a German and French language exchange. Killian did an amount of travel too. But once school let out for summer, he seemed satisfied enough attending parties around home for fun. He liked going on the Irish holidays with myself and Eilish too, asking if Sadie could still come with us, and Eilish and I none the wiser as to where it would eventually lead. Once college started, I didn't blink an eye when Joanna said she wanted to attend university abroad. When suddenly every month there seemed to be a trip away, however, I became baffled as to how she was affording it. Granted, she had a part-time job, but I certainly wasn't giving her any handouts.
3: My right Dad. It's
2: unbelievable.
1: Does anybody here know anything about the ancient city of Petra? Firstly, does anybody know its whereabouts? I didn't either before I went. I rocked onto the entrance, largely clueless as to what lay inside. Its location, first of all, is in Jordan, that Arab nation of eight million people located at the crossroads of Asia, Africa and Europe. Though not precisely known when Petra was built, historians reckon the city began to prosper as the capital of the Nabataean Empire from the first century BC. Good to know some things still remain older than ourselves, isn't it? Petra grew rich in the trade of frankincense, myrrh and spices and when later annexed to the Roman Empire, it continued to thrive. A large earthquake in 363 AD destroyed much of it though. That combined with changes in trade routes led to its downfall, leading to it being ultimately abandoned by the middle of the 7th century, lost to all except the local Bedouin from the area. Then, in 1812, a Swiss explorer named Johannes Burckhardt set out to rediscover Petra, Dressing up as an Arab, he convinced his Bedouin guide to take him to the lost city. Since then, Petra became increasingly known in the West as a fascinating place where great natural, cultural, archaeological and geological features merge. Well, what do you reckon? Would you pay for that coming from my mouth while you walk around Petra? That was the plan anyway. I figured... If I was going to stay there long-term, being a tour guide was ideal. Myself and my Bedouin friend Farage sussed that I'd do well basing myself at the start of the trail, easily snagging tourists for a guided walk. Farage then would appear halfway through the tour, promoting his donkey rides for the remainder of the trek. Not that it's a competitive environment in Petra between Bedouin for business. Quite the opposite, in fact. Petra acts as one big factory from which all the locals can eke some sort of a living, whether it's through donkeys, camels, or selling souvenirs at stalls dotted along the trails. Of course, it's expensive to enter into Petra to commence with, as myself and Eilish discovered that first morning. Right, Eilish, there's a 50 JD entrance fee. That's about... Sixty-five euro. Hmm? Uh, No, that thing about one JD is the price for Jordanian nationals. Pity we didn't know earlier, and you could have plastered us both in your fake tan. (laughs) Pretended we were natives. Like they wouldn't
2: check our passports. That and the fact that the only Arabic we know is Chakron. It's easily
1: worth that. It's one of the new wonders of the world. Thankfully, I convince her. We walk towards Bab al-Sikh, Arabic for Gateway to the Sikh the seek being a natural splitting of the rocks. Eilish has her head cocked to the air, as though she's already spotting the intricate tombs. Something noteworthy, Eilish? Just clouds that will no doubt unleash
2: atop us within minutes.
1: As it happened, weather-wise it couldn't have been a worse day to visit Petra. That murky sky that's been lurking since morning begins bucketing down as we enter the Seek. The Seek being a narrow gorge over a kilometre in length caused from a natural splitting of the mountain. Plenty of shelter, anyway.
2: For God's sake, Paddy, we'll get pneumonia if this keeps
1: up. Eilish belongs to that category of Irish people who spend an astonishingly little amount of time in rain. She's straight from house to car, car to work, with little reason to ever be outdoors in wet weather, apart from the odd search for me down the fields if I fail to return from the farm for my dinner. Eventually the spillage lightens off and we make it to the treasury, or in Arabic, al Khazna. It's one of Petra's most magnificent facades, almost 40 metres high. It's intricately decorated with Corinthian capitals, friezes, figures, and crowned by a funerary urn.
2: Do you reckon many people turn around upon making it to this point?
1: Ah, Eilish, let's stay going. It's softening up again now. It wasn't, however. Ten minutes later, even wilder weather resumes and Eilish and I sprint like Olympians for a cafe along the street of facades. Look, we'll come back tomorrow if the conditions stay this damp. Couldn't we postpone our trip to Amman? The guidebook doesn't label it an exciting capital. Since when did you become a stickler for guidebooks? In fairness to Eilish, the weather in Petra is an unexpected adjustment after the heat we experienced down in Aqaba, Jordan's port city along the Red Sea. We've spent our first two days there, 24 and 25 degrees Celsius respectively, to correspond with the calendar dates 24th and 25th of December. You wouldn't have registered it was Christmas, our dinner consisting of falafel and hummus at a plastic table on the main street of the city in October. Eilish had approached me first with the idea. What do you mean, Miss Christmas? Take sleeping tablets and snooze through it? No,
2: Paddy. Like, go away. Fly somewhere, the festivities
1: won't be so on our face. I still didn't know how she'd actually cope being away for the day itself, though. Even at Sofia Airport she was tapping her Ryanair app, 90 to the dozen, to decide our fate as we queued up for our flight. We'd flown to Bulgaria on the 20th. And the plan was Jordan on the 23rd.
2: Oh, I'll message Julie and tell her we'll be home for Christmas Day. There are seats on the flight back to Dublin tomorrow. Maybe Sophia was enough of a break for us. I'm kind of nervous about Jordan now.
1: Usually Eilish loves the airport. Sipping a coffee, people watching. Here I can tell she's on edge.
2: I don't remember security checks like this before Morocco.
1: I was feeling the same myself. Syria, Israel... The West Bank, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Egypt. Could a country ask for more intimidating neighbours? At least flying from Ireland, you can have the crack with other passengers before boarding. Well, lads, have you been to this patch of grass before? Here our fellow passengers are all just mouthing away in Bulgarian. So it's only each other we have to articulate our concerns. Well,
2: what's the verdict? We should do this, Paddy. We must challenge ourselves.
1: In Petra, I try to get my wife to remember her enthusiasm. We're after another hour or so of walking and we've passed the majority of significant sites by this time, at least. The theater, the royal tombs, the colonnaded street, the great temple complex. Just as we approach the Khazir al-Bint temple, however, the rain recommences. It splashes us like bullets, so we rush to a cave. We're the only tourists in the cave. But a pair of young Bedouin boys enter soon after, soaked but laughing. Faraj and Diego. Diego's real name is Mohammed, but considering half the male population of Jordan seems to be Mohammed, Diego is the nickname that stuck. And yes, this is the Faraj I mentioned earlier, who in time will become a close friend of mine. Lads, does anybody ever mention that Johnny Depp's costume department in Pirates of the Caribbean... Surely found inspiration here. Scarves wrap round their heads, coal lines their eyes, and curls spring lively to their waists.
2: Right. I'm finished with this, Petra.
1: I can't hack these conditions anymore. Eilish, we've only the monastery left to do. Heat yourself with more tea. Even tea won't satisfy Eilish at this moment.
2: Diego, I want a donkey ride back to the entrance.
1: And she hoists herself up on his animal, Without haggling on a price and riding off like the Queen of Sheba in a raincoat. Would you like my donkey to take you to the top, buddy? Begod Farage. Would she carry a man the weight of me? Feckers, I'd love to get up at one <coughs> Up I hop, and oh, the ride is worth all the money in the world because Farage walks alongside me and explains the significance and history of every little nook to me in rich detail. His impeccable English, he says, comes from speaking with tourists every day. He shows me the lion triclinium and why it is so named, due to the two lions carved on both sides of the entrance. And Eilish really misses out in the tea department too. We stop for tea twice in the hour it takes to get up to the monastery. Free servings, because Farage seems to be a friend of every stall holder we meet along the way. At the second stall, belonging to his cousin, I buy a scarf, hand woven by women in the village. Scarves here are the things to buy. 3JD sorts it out with the same variety a local would wear. Farage assembles it correctly on me. Often I wear tweed caps at home, but Perhaps this is what'll fend me from the wind in future. Although, another strange thing. The weather turns pleasant almost as soon as Eilish leaves. It's still chilly, but it's dry. And to be honest, I wouldn't want it to be any hotter with all the steps you have to climb. I'm off the donkey for the final ascent. Despite Farage's assurances, she won't misplace her footing.
4: See? Nothing will happen.
1: Faraj has jumped back atop her, riding the donkey he gets requested for so many pictures. Postcard perfect for what you imagine a traditional Bedouin boy to be. Is it for the attention you wear that eyeliner, Faraj? They're selling cold at the next stall we pass, so Faraj picks some up and asks me if I want to wear a bit. This is going to sound strange, but I have actually worn eyeliner before. Joanna used to occasionally ransack Eilish's makeup box, and I was her model. She'd get a real kick from applying it on me. One day, Joanna was homesick from school, lying off in bed. So, to cheer her up, I let her make me up. She was really going for it. My eyelids were painted emerald, my blush was deep purple, and I had orange lip gloss glazing my lips thick as marmalade. Next thing the phone rings and I hear that Killian is after getting a fall in a football match and he'll probably need to be driven to the hospital. Eilish is working so down I dash in a panic and into the school I go, a face like Dolly Parton during a stage show. Did I mention my hair is bunched up in pigtails? (laughs) Jesus, what must have been running through that teacher's mind when she saw me? I think that same lady turned up at the funeral actually. I swear, she was still looking at me weird. Most people stop once they reach the monastery. It's one of the largest monuments of all Petra. It measures over 47 metres wide and 48 metres high. The space was used for the meetings of religious associations and dates to the second century AD. We continue on toward the viewing platform further on from the monastery that provides a stunning view over terrain for miles beyond Petra. I feel like I'm in a biblical scene. Faraj knows another path that will take us to further heights for an even more spectacular vista. We wind our way to the hut of a Bedouin about the same age as myself. He has a fire lighting in some sort of tin bin contraption. To boil water for tea he offers us several minutes later. <laughs> more tea. They're worse than the Irish here. Farage and I use the flames to warm our hands too. It's relaxing just to sit here. On the edge of this mount, it's as though we are cavemen. It truly does feel removed from all else in the world. I wonder why he even bothers with the stall, because it's so hidden. But maybe that's the charm for the people that stray here. You do feel encouraged to sit a while. He sells jewellery too, handcrafted pieces all displayed on tables to the rear of the tent. While Faraj and the owner converse in Arabic, I inspect the necklaces. Think about buying one for Eilish or Joanna. Although, if I buy one for Joanna, it could be years before she receives it. Such sporadic rates she visits. It's funny with Eilish too. Whenever I buy her something, she usually criticises my taste. Then, when I stopped buying her gifts, she got upset and told me she still wanted me to buy her pieces even if she didn't like them. I imagine this is some spot at sunset. Even better to watch the sun rising. If you like to see that, then stay tonight in my cave. Hello Eilish. Restaurant reservation. I-, I don't know if I'm going to make it down in time for dinner now Eilish. I- I- I'm sleeping in a cave here. <laughs> yeah, w- with Farage. I-, I won't have to pay another entrance fee tomorrow if I just stay here overnight. I want to be up at sunrise a- a- and explore more of the trails. The bus isn't leaving until three for a man tomorrow, right? I'll be back by then. Yeah, we'll have plenty of time with each other in Cyprus. Cyprus? We've still a week booked there after this. We're meeting Julie and Jack in Pauz for one of those all-inclusive package hotel breaks. A relaxing trip. I hope. I used to love travelling with Julie and Jack, but it's turned awkward since Jack had an affair last year. We didn't find out much details of it. Not even who the woman was. Someone from his work, we reckon. You can tell the difference, though, between the before and after, even if we meet them for an hour to sip drinks. I suppose after something like that it can never really go back to how it was. The one topic they do get mutual pride in discussing is their children. But with Killian gone, they're afraid Eilish or myself will get upset if they talk of them. So that'll be the week facing me in Cyprus, everyone trying to be polite and pretend nothing is too amiss. Good evening, ladies
3: and gentlemen. This flight to Amsterdam now is ready to depart. Attention passengers, this flight is landing in Brussels in approximately 10 minutes.
4: Good morning passengers, your captain speaking aboard your flight to Morocco.
3: Train to Krakow is now boarding at platform 16. Please make sure you have all your belongings with
1: you. Booking a multi-destination trip, though, I do believe is a good idea. You're not sad leaving one holiday because you're straight into another. In fact, seldom Eilish books a single destination anymore. We've covered most places in Europe with a direct flight from Dublin already. Last year's multi-trip was madness, however. Eilish didn't want Christmas at home either then, but we weren't brave enough to call quits on it completely, so what did she do? Only sandwich Christmas between two holidays. Grenoble before Christmas, and then left again on December the 27th for Wroclaw, Poland. You can fly there from Shannon, you see, but by God it doesn't matter what airport you fly from after a heavy session St. Stephen's night. Your own fault for going to the pub. I had to go to the pub, considering a big group from our community had gone hunting the Wren to raise funds for charity, all in Killian's honour. It was nice, mind you, Vruslov. After that we moved on to Ukraine. Eilish wanted to go there because the currency is great value at the moment after the Troubles. Although I nearly did have divorce papers on the table when she told me that instead of actually flying from Kiev back to Ireland, we were in fact bussing it the entire way back to Vruslov. Travel time, 18 hours. All flights this trip, I insisted. A snowy Sofia was actually nice. It had that winter wonderland feel when we arrived. As a city, though, I'm not sure how I'd rate it. I didn't get much of a chance to explore. I normally just follow Eilish to wherever she marks out to go. And for Sophia, well... It feels like we're only moving coffee shop to coffee shop here, Eilish. I get inspired to write
2: in different places, Paddy. If you don't like my itinerary, form your own or go back to the hotel and sleep.
1: And matter of fact, that's precisely what I did do on many of the trips we took back at the beginning. What city was it that I slept the whole way through? Brussels. Many other places I basically just saw the airport. I honestly just couldn't find motivation to get out of the bed. Budapest, Stockholm, Amsterdam too.
2: You could at least make an effort to see the Anne Frank house, Paddy. Haven't you read her diary
1: countless times? No, I can't, Eilish. It's too hard thinking what those people went through to try and stay alive. When my own son. In Oslo, Joanna's friend put us up in her studio apartment. The ingenuity in that, from Joanna's perspective, was that I couldn't just stay in her friend's apartment all day long. Eilish had her told on the phone. In
2: Paris, he did his sightseeing from the hotel balcony, Joanna. Rome, he wouldn't even stray out for a pizza.
1: That's when Joanna came up with the idea to go couch surfing. Have any of you ever been couch surfing? Do you know the concept? Basically, it's a website where you write a profile of yourself and then you message another person on this website who lives in the city or town you want to visit. You ask if they can host you. And by that I mean, yes, staying at this stranger's home for free. In Switzerland, Eilish announces that we are couch surfing. The host that has accepted our request to couch surf at his place in Basel is a postgraduate student with a lovely flat and an L shaped couch that's to be our oasis for the night. I was expecting either a creep or a simpleton to be the only possible candidate, accepting us fogies in on top of him, but we're greeted by a kind, witty, intelligent young man. We did more couch surfing in Lucerne. It was with a married couple. Now, this was gas because not only were the couple giving us free accommodation, but they ended up being an alibi for Eilish to get time off work. We were only back from Morocco a couple of weeks, you see, when Eilish found these very cheap flights Dublin into Basel. To get off work, her spontaneous excuse had been that our second cousin was getting married in Switzerland. Our hosts are only married a couple of months. So that evening, as soon as they've gone to bed, Eilish gets out their wedding album. What are you doing, Eilish? Evidence of my mysterious Swiss second cousin. But that's nothing on Berlin. There I wake up with the host, a baldy man named Michel, in the bed next to me. I got to bed early and not twenty minutes later, Michel is spooned in against my spine, kissing my neck. <laughs> well, I sprang down the stairs fast as a hare. Eilish, we need to race from the place. Michelle got into the bed beside me.
5: Oh, so you didn't like it.
1: What Jesus Almighty, Eilish had arranged for such a thing. She thought I might fancy something new. Therefore, when Farage and I are getting the cave ready, I think suddenly of Michelle and ponder if maybe that's what will happen in the middle of tonight. Oh, Christ, is Farage going to try to get it on with me? No, calm down now, Paddy. He met your wife earlier. So, has any other tourist ever stayed up here with you before, Farage. Yeah, one or two may have enjoyed my hospitality here over the years. Although not so many old kind, I'll admit. Right. (laughs) Mainly a certain female demography garnering invitations, though. Is it? I laugh, then. Confident now that this young fella's sexual appetite will be spared on me. He draws out a bottle of scotch... That one such guest left him. And as he pours me a glass, my assumptions that Faraj isn't a clean living Muslim are confirmed. He explains affectionately of Bedouin culture and asks about Irish folklore. I tell him of a renowned rebel from my own area, Eamon Unchnick. I sing the song so he can learn the lyrics and impress the next Irish girl who comes along and takes his fancy. Kay Shinamo, I will favor a grave of a horus Nick, a tall boy, jafur flor. Oh, here you will slave this They sing that song at the funeral. It was probably completely inappropriate. But Killian played Eamon and knick in a local production of it two years ago. And that's what he sang. The cave is surprisingly warm. Farage gives me his coat from a pile of clothing he keeps in the corner. Diego arrives with a lamb dish that his mother has cooked. He thinks nothing of having trekked thirty minutes from the village, up to quell our hunger pangs because hospitality is of utmost priority in Bedouin culture. That, and the fact that a few other Bedouin friends are facilitating a sleepover for three Danish backpackers in another cave further up. Begad, lads, the excitement of the globe congregates here. It's good to share some banter with these young men. For a few minutes, I sit back and imagine it's my son here. He reminds me of Killian, this Farage although they couldn't look more different. Killian with his blue eyes, fair hair and tall body. Being in the cave with the boys, in fact, reminds me of the time I brought Killian to his first university house. We introduced ourselves to his future housemates. I was staying the night with them after the drive down and this lad called Freddy, who was renting the bedroom opposite Killian's, asks do we want to start on the rum? God, for the night that's in it, I'll have a shot. And out we go. Normally a young lad wouldn't want his father with them on the first night of college, but Gillian was confident like that. Even joking to the girls we met out that I was a mature student. Then we got back to the house. The two of us together so merry and exhausted we got jumbled as to what bedroom was his and turned out the two of us passed out on the bed beside Freddy. I think all the friends from that house turned up at his funeral. Some of them even called in for chats in the days and weeks afterwards. They've all been great. They know how close I was to him. Lord, is this cold thing waterproof? I'm fine, Farage. I'm just thinking about my son. He would love this. You should bring him some time. you free accommodation now. Sometimes I do that. I don't bother mentioning... That he's dead. If they don't know it already, I can't really bring myself to tell them. The bereavement counsellor said that it's a common thing to do while processing loss. Bereavement counsellor, I finally gave in and attended one. Joanna brought me a bundle for my birthday. Six counselling sessions for the price of five. I'll just take the five if you don't mind. I thought the counsellor would be pleased with me lightening her workload.
0: We'll see how you get on, Patrick. Just take small steps, Patrick. One foot in front of the other, that's all you have to do.
1: I actually did 13 sessions in the end, imagine. After the incident last year, I couldn't refuse support. It was last October Joanna gifted me that voucher. By post. She hasn't been home since she left. We've offered to buy her a plane ticket home from Rio numerous times, but she maintains she's too busy, and she has a Brazilian boyfriend now too. What's for her at home anyway? Maybe staying away is her coping mechanism. <laughs> All our is come I can't even remember the last time I woke in Ireland without an alarm. Every morning it hits you. Your son is not about to hog the shower. Killian's dead. No snooze button for that. The aroma of sage tea on the boil fills my nostrils. I fill myself a piping hot glass of it. And I walk outside to pet the donkey. I suddenly remember that I haven't even paid Farage for the donkey ride yesterday. I hold out 15 JD for him, but Farage presses it back into my palm.
4: You're a friend now, buddy. I enjoy your company.
1: Diego arrives on with breakfast, again freshly prepared in the village home. It's a falafel wrap and feels a bit like eating dinner. But once I take the first bite, it's so tasty and filling, I clear the rest. We peer down at the tourists who have forgone a lie-in to enter Petra just past the official opening time. Unlikely any will regret the early rise, the turning sunlight hitting the monuments in splendid colours. When Farage fills me in about the other trails to hike within Petra's bounds, I know I'm not going to make it out of this place for three o'clock. I won't be going to Jordan's capital this afternoon. I just won't. Look, you go to a man with them Americans you met having dinner. I'll follow on there later this evening. I'll get a taxi if needs be. Can't you sit in cafes, do a bit of writing, Eilish? Don't you love that sort of thing? Ah, marriage. It's interesting, isn't it? It was everything I ever imagined at first. I suppose it's only natural as we grow that the relationship grows too, though. What happens when it blooms into a different flower to the one you thought you'd planted to begin with?
2: Paddy, I'm going
5: to start having sex
2: again.
1: This was in Marrakesh. Eilish and I haven't had sex in years, even since before Killian's death. We're still sleeping together in the same bed, all right, but an arm draped top one another the occasional morning is as tender as we play. Uh, all right, Eilish, give me a minute to check my machinery's in order. Not with you.
5: With Simu and Omar. From the cafe? You can't be serious.
1: Simu and Omar are middle twenties at most.
2: Well, I hardly want to get atop your rusty engine when these young guns accepted my request. Request? I approached them about the idea. Look,
1: my therapist encouraged it. Eilish sees a therapist also. Obviously, a different one to mine. I just
2: want to be flesh. Get my body moving again. Why are you even telling me this? I want you to be in the apartment while it's happening. Just in case it turns dodgy.
1: And so a couple of hours later, Simu and Omar are closing down the shutter of the café where we've been eating breakfast the past few days. Fierce grins stamped between both their beards. I suppose these lads are using Eilish as much as she's using them, considering Extramarital sex here is not a widespread practice. Through the city the four of us weave to Simu's apartment in one of the ancient souks. And I tell you something, to this day if I see a combination of one woman and three men walking together I still can't look them straight in the eye. Inside Omar feeds me Tangine and sets his laptop up in front of me asking me if there's anything in particular on YouTube I'd like to watch. Could you stick on a hurling match? So a rerun of the 2016 All-Ireland Final between Kilkenny and Tipperary is blaring out to divert my attention from the bedroom affairs. The two boys take it in turns with Eilish. So Omar sits on the couch watching the first half of the game and Simu is with me for the second. extra time The two of them go into her together. Yeah, it was all right. Well, it must have been more than all right. Because now, to whatever country we travel, she makes it her business to sample the men there, if she can at all. I'm not implying she pounds the streets searching for it, but if she does happen to find a potential suitor, she isn't afraid to mention that she's in an open marriage.
2: It's like food. Some countries have a very pronounced cuisine, and others, you might as well be eating
1: what's at home. I don't know what she means by that. I'm the only menu there. I probably should have forbid it when she first commenced such activity, but what would that have achieved? I don't believe in controlling. I don't feel threatened. I almost don't feel anything Mainly it's just of bodily benefit to her, although there have been a few friendships that have blossomed beyond the sheets. The most serious one was with the Italian man we met in Granada, Spain. This Lorenzo, then, was the reason for taking us last summer to Naples. She had us volunteering at a hostel, so we could get free accommodation. I say us lightly, because while she was out navigating Almalfi with Lorenzo, Yours truly was cleaning toilets and mopping floors for four hours every morning. Mind you, there were other volunteers there my own age with whom I was able to have a laugh. Phil, a witty Yorkshire man who was sick of Sheffield. And Nick, an ex-Navy officer living off his pension in the heat. Our banter lacked a little, of course, when Eilish started to bed them too. Not that I was deprived. The paid cleaning lady, Illyria, actually wanted to get it on with me, but even when romance was there for me on a plate, I had no desire for it. Now that I know I have the entire day in Petra, I relax a bit. I complete the walk to the high place of sacrifice. We bypassed it yesterday, so I enjoy a slow-paced climb to the mountain summit and witness where the Nabataeans carved their most sacred open-air altar and performed ritual killings of animals. On completing that, I spent the afternoon leisurely with Faraj, Diego and their friend Imad. We're back at the cave where I first met them yesterday. They drink tea and wait leisurely for more tourists to inquire about their donkey ride service. I gaze out at Petra, and wonder if it's the best place I've ever visited. Eilish has dragged me to at least 30 different countries since Killian's death. How many places I've really seen though, considering the state I've been in, I don't know. It's a bit of money Killian had in the bank that we usually draw from to fund these flights. I thought initially the reason Killian did what he did must have been due to some massive financial danger. Closet gambling addiction or what have you. But actually, he had plenty in his account. Eilish, of course, is back working in the nursing home too, so that's let us be a bit looser with the coins. Although... That job is as much of a reason as to why she needs the breaks. The nursing home is located not five minutes down the road from us. Eilish is witnessing fit and strong men and women she's known all her life being spoon-fed and changed out of nappies. We've got to enjoy this earth while we're able. Every inch of it. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss another bit of it now, though. Because I make the decision not to go to Amman at all. I don't know if I'm going to make it to Amman now, Eilish. I'm after losing my passport. I haven't, of course. Matter of fact, as I speak to her, I'm clutching the passport in my left hand. Yeah, I, I had it in my pocket coming in here. I-, I know you always warn me to leave my passport at the hotel, but I, I-, I brought it for identification, uh, to do the currency exchange, remember? I feel bad lying to my wife, but there's no way she will let me stay on here otherwise. You fly to Cyprus. Jack and Julie will be with you over there, at least. What else can I do, Eilish? Uh, You you brought my suitcase with you?
3: Yes. I thought it'd be easier while I had a lift.
1: Does that include my phone charger?
3: I presume so. I
1: shoved everything we had at the hotel room in there. Well, I'll be off grid once this battery dies, so... My phone is one of those ancient jokes you can't even buy a charger for anymore. Look, all I can say to you is that I'll fly on to Paphos as soon as I locate the passport. Don't sound so annoyed, Eilish. It's not that big of a deal. Just as well the phone dies at that point. I know full well now that I won't be going to Cyprus, and I'll take a week here instead. I suppose this'll be my constant attire for the week. The good thing about the Bedouin coat, at least, is that no one really knows what's under it. I have my wallet, too, with plenty of cash inside, with what I exchanged yesterday, and it does instantly feel like a weight is lifted from my shoulders. Whether it's that I don't have to spend a week performing platitudes with Jack and Julie, or that I'm going to finally have a week without
5: Eilish dictating my actions, I'm unsure. In
1: fact, having nobody at all poking their nose in is a treat i go as far as saying everybody in the county back home knows what happened to me. Nothing glamorous about getting recognised for tragedy, though. No stairs in Wadi Musa, anyway. That's the town beside Petra. It's got a charming local pulse to it. Not just a tourist trap. I've strayed in for a mug of milky tea, but the barista of the cafe I sit in, however, boasts he has an Italian coffee machine. I'll let you in on a secret. I've never tasted a cappuccino, despite all the coffee shops Eilish has dragged me to. You know what, sir? I'll try one. I buy a small box of baklava as a gift to Faraj. I asked him earlier about accommodation in his cave for the week ahead.
4: Stay as long as you want. I have those lyrics to learn,
1: remember? Faraj has arranged for Imad to collect me in the town and give me a lift out to the Bedouin village. Imad is in shopping to get furnishings for his apartment that in the coming weeks he will begin to rent to tourists. And that's an indication of how my week in Petra goes a mix of studying up the ancient civilization that inhabited this kingdom and becoming familiar with the current people residing here today. I complete all the recommended trails and navigate new ones. In the evening time, I hitch a lift into Wadi Musa. I sit with my cappuccino. And by the time the week is up, I'm beginning to see the allure of coffee shop life. I buy a copybook and pen
5: and write notes while I'm sipping. It's amazing what thoughts come if you put a blank page in front of you. Oh, Cyprus is
1: far more up my street, Paddy. Eilish is on the line via Farage's phone. I've enjoyed my week so much, too. Uh, Thanks, Eilish. I've started journaling my thoughts, and uh, I... Jack and
3: Julie had to cut short their vacation. Jack had a crisis company meeting, but I'm doing fine. I've bonded with this brilliant man called Stefan, an Austrian human rights lawyer who was in Cyprus, studying the conflict zones
1: on the island. Oh, well, I've still had no luck with the passport. The um, embassy won't be able to process it for uh, a couple of more weeks.
3: Right. Call me when it's sorted. Stefan is due to be here for another few weeks, so I can stay with him.
1: All that, and I fretting about whether the woman would speak to me. Another week in Petra awaits. I can't believe my luck, even if it seems the strangest of bargains. I'm smitten with my days here now, exploring the nooks and crannies of Petra itself and then in the evening, over coffee, the nooks and crannies of my own emotional arena. Unfortunately, though, when Eilish is back on the line the following Tuesday, my plans are in for a detour. Somebody from the Austrian sauna club back home saw him with Eilish on the beach and sent Stefan packing back to his wife. I thought Stefan was a bachelor, Paddy. Did he ask if you had a husband? Yeah.
3: I don't think they have quite the same arrangement as us. Listen, I'll just come back to Petra.
1: I get a rude awakening at this point. I don't want Eilish back over here. This period away is only beneficial if she isn't part of it. No, I I think it'd be better if you go back to Ireland, Eilish. Don't wuss out now, Paddy. Say exactly what you want to say. Listen, I'm in a bit of a situation out here. I've been kind of involved in my own romance, you see. Uh, A a romance with myself kind of thing. I I think I want to live here for a bit. You know, uh, uh, alone. Last year I was in such a bad place emotionally.
5: I didn't think I could take another day in such low form. It was May. A bright, sunny morning. That's another thing. Divil a difference between sunshine and rain. To a dark heart. Eilish was away doing the
1: final weeks of a writing course. So she still doesn't know any of this. Since Killian's death, Eilish has been making forward motion into pursuing what she wants in life. Considering she's always been scribbling down ideas for scripts, she took a year out from the nursing home to learn her craft properly attend various film and writers' festivals. It wasn't like I needed anything domestically while she was away. We usually have volunteers living with us in the house now. Similar to our arrangement in Naples, Joanna created a listing on one of the volunteer websites after Killian died to get someone to help me out on the farm. I wasn't able for the workload on my own. Buckets filling with tears instead of cattle meal. A Moldovan couple were volunteering with us at the time. We always make the volunteers aware of our situation, so if I burst randomly into tears, or do something seemingly crazy like blast slitters through a window because I want to remind myself of all the times Killian did that, they'll know it's an act of grief.
5: Gabriela's job was cooking meals and keeping the house clean. Her boyfriend
1: was assisting me with the cows. Jesus, when I recall it. What must have they been thinking when they found me preparing to swing from that rope? They've come from a country of rampant poverty. And there I am. All the spoils of the world bar a living son. About to throw it away, easy as that. After that incident, they looked after me like a royal and in broken English, coaxed me back to a positive mindset for living. I think they did tell Joanna, though. That was maybe how the counselling sessions
5: came about. Since then, some days the pain is still
1: overbearing. And, actually, the reason I carried my passport that day into Petra, yes, I needed it for the currency exchange, but also because I knew... In Petra, there were tall
5: desert canyons. Surely they could be an ideal
1: place to slip.
5: Hello, Eilish.
3: What is the delay in getting your passport fixed? When he phoned the Jordanian embassy, the ambassador said
1: they've never even come across you. Oh, Christ. Tell me, how do I explain that one? Look, I I, I didn't go to the embassy because I, I really like the old passport and I'm hell-bent on finding the old one with all the stamps in it and, and that. What's embarrassing?
3: We go on holiday together and you've never come back. People are beginning
1: to talk. And worse, I can't contact you. I've given you Farage's number.
3: All I hear when I dive out of the donkey-naying.
1: Well, you, you know my location. Yes,
3: and that's why Jack is dropping by there.
1: Jack's coming?
3: He has a business meeting in Dubai and is doing a layover in Jordan so he can come down to Petra himself.
1: Tomorrow you'll be there. Tomorrow? The following morning I watched Jack shimmy into Petra. I was kind of expecting something like this to happen. Someone to come over. Makes sense that it's Jack, and he on a constant globetrot for work. Jack has a business meeting in Dubai, and is doing a layover in Jordan so he can come down to Petra himself. I'm standing by the treasury as he enters through the Seek. He's in the best of gear. Sunglasses, a sleek tracksuit, and top-of-the-range runners to complement his swagger. Jack is always the epitome of cool. I wish you couldn't, lad. Jack and I have a relationship lots of in-laws have with each other, I suppose. We appear to know each other well, yet on a deeper level I almost don't know anything of him. Jack was married to Julie before I even started going out with Eilish. They're the only siblings in their family. And with me being an only child myself, Jack is actually the closest male family member I have in my life. Now, anyway. We hike the main trail together as far as the monastery. We sit at the cafe there Sipping two piping hot teas, spiced with cardamom. So far we've ignored the hot topic as to why I've been out here several weeks with little to no contact home. Here getting up in the morning doesn't feel like a chore. I didn't realise you felt so down in Ireland. It's a strange feeling to have the landscape you once loved now loath with painful memories. Maybe my release here comes simply with not dealing with the farm or the household. My household, you mean Eilish? I suppose. Actually, Jack, I want to chat to you about something. What was going on in your head last year when you had your affair? I don't mean to pry. I'm just trying to find correlation in what you found last year with that woman and what I'm experiencing. Jack had been forthright with Julie that he'd fallen in love with the other woman. Well, Paddy, if you liken life to
4: writing a novel, it was like I'd interrupted mine with a plot twist. One that felt admittedly brilliant, to me anyway. Ultimately, I couldn't find the confidence. It would have thrown too many other characters into disarray. Look, Paddy, Eilish instructed I convince you to come home. You're the only writer of your novel, though.
1: No one else holds your pen. Jack's flight leaves Amman Airport at 8.40 in the morning. He has a seat booked for me, but I don't depart with him. I wonder what he tells them all back home, because not two weeks later I'm sitting in Farage's cave, enjoying my early morning tea, when Imad rushes in. Three Irishmen just chipped into my apartment,
4: Paddy. They are looking for you. No, not Jack.
1: By the weight of Imad's descriptions, I decipher the three potential candidates are six foot eight inch tall John Bjork, square face and a lack of teeth is Morris, and the small man with red curls. No, Tom Murray couldn't have flown the whole way to Jordan. He pukes his ring up on our Cheltenham flight every year. I'm seriously chuffed. Jack probably told them it's a pearl of a place and sent them out to visit. I tell Imad to send them into Wadi Musa and I'll meet them in an hour. Truth be told, it's like a mirage when I see the familiar shapes of them sitting out on the decking of a restaurant 60 minutes later. They're identical to myself in the beginning. Not sure whether to stick a spoon or a finger into the hummus. Their eyeballs nearly pop from their sockets when they turn around to witness me. I should mention by this stage that my stubble is in generous flow, Farage's bedouin coat drapes warmly around me, and the scarf I bought on the first day of Petra is now a permanent fixture around my head.
4: Lord bless us and save us.
1: Peddy! Morris gets out a disposable camera and clicks it at my face a dozen times. I can't tell you the work these men did during Killian's funeral. John Byug transformed the bottom field to a car park. Morris organised guards of honour from local sports teams. Murray kept the farm going for the first couple of weeks in the aftermath. Come on and we'll discuss all over a pint. Would you believe, lads? I'm a coffee fiend now! And if you'd happened to be in Wadi Musa that afternoon, that's how you'd have found the four of us, balancing espressos against our lips. Well, this is one scene I could never have predicted, Paddy. Of all the places we've been sent to collect you, this really takes the price. Collect me? It isn't actually to visit me they're here. It's to bring me home.
4: Jack said there was no star in you to leave, so
1: Eilish asked us to handle this. Well, you know, boys, I'm pretty content residing here for a spell. You men know how it is when you need time out. But they don't seem to know. And it's not like these men have incredibly smooth lives, either. Well, who has? Big Jer had a brother drowned at eighteen. Murray had a business that went into arrears. Morris cares daily for his mother with dementia. You know what's coming up next weekend, Paddy. Of course. I could drink eight barrels of beer and snort a bale of cocaine and still remember that wicked date. We have an anniversary mass. And then everyone in attendance swarms back to our house for tea and cake and brandies and you name it. Eilish thinks it's a sweet way to keep his memory alive. But for me, it just intensifies the pain. Petty, we know you're still very vulnerable because of Killian, but so is Eilish. We all miss him. Don't we, boys? We do. Yeah. One thing that really crystallised when I had children... Is how much love pours in for them I sat dazed at the funeral
5: I didn't know half the crowd many of them with tears flowing freely Sadie was the worst of the mourners obviously he'd broken up with her months before he died another weepy affair God just hearing that now makes me think maybe
1: Killian had left the relationship on purpose Perhaps he had the death planned earlier than then. Apologies. That's just how this jigsaw assembles at times. Killian left no note, you see. It's incredibly frustrating. Eilish's preferred theory is that Killian organised what he did drunk and had no logical clue what he was doing.
2: All the salaries I spent on him, thousands of hours ferrying him here, there, and everywhere.
1: We'll help to keep the farm ticking. But there is only so much we can sort. Actually, lads, it should be more relief than anything to be devoid of cows altogether. Right now, it's it's a solace not to be there worrying about animals. Whatever happiness I can root from life at this present time, I'm finding it here. Petty for God's sake. If God wanted you to be an Arab... in in a Middle Eastern womb you'd have grown. Do you ever wonder if you're born in your country of origin for a reason? Should you always respect that culture? Or are you entitled to pack up and begin anew somewhere else? Look lads, let's discuss it after I give you a, a grand tour of the Red Rose City. And so I spend my last night in Petra in the pub of a hotel, drinking Guinness and Downing Shorts. I haven't had a drink in all the weeks here so after three pints and a half one I'm already feeling the effects. I don't remember much but some point late in the night I agree to go back to Ireland with the men. I stay with the lads at Imad's apartment. Imad does his best to cure our hangovers by bringing us a most delicious omelette breakfast the following morning. Not even that spread can coax Morris from the bed but John Bjelk and Murray gobble it and are convinced to voyage into Petra. Especially when I inform them, we'll access it freely from the village. Unfortunately, with such rain, it's the same stop-start sort of a day as I endured with Eilish. Still, I cover as much of the main trail as I can, and naturally the boys are enamoured by it. I meet Farage by the monastery, but he's in the middle of leading a tour, so I don't get much of a chance for conversation.
4: I thought your plan was staying for a few months, buddy.
1: I take off the coat to return to him, but he insists I keep it. Are you serious? Thanks, Farage. Morris rings to say he has a taxi booked for us back to Aqaba in an hour's time. Our flight home is tomorrow. We boot it back down to the entrance, and as Morris shops for a fridge magnet for his mother, Mori requests we check we've all required documents before we speed off. Wallet? Check. Passport. Lads, I'm serious. I've checked everywhere. I have genuinely forgotten my passport. (sighs) Honestly, I don't have it, lads. A decision is made that I will re-enter Petra. With the excitement of the men arriving yesterday, I I can't remember the last time I consciously checked for it at all. I'll check for Raj's cave. I search it thoroughly, but no luck. Imad has cleaned the apartment since Morris left and not seen it either. I pace back up the main trail. Where the devil could it have fallen from my pocket? Have I been without it for a couple of days?' Perhaps I I left it in my own small cave i have been frequenting. About two weeks back, I discovered the perfect spot for myself, away from any of the recognised tourist trails. You've to climb several canyons to get there, and then down through a narrow crevice. I was ecstatic upon discovering it. With thousands of tourists entering Petra every day, it's nice to have my own quiet space to retreat. I haven't even told Farage of it. Because I was nearly frightened, he'd move in there himself upon experiencing its charm. I get to the final passage, leading to the cave reasonably quickly. In dry weather, it still takes a generous twenty minutes to actually navigate down the final few metres, as it's a deep descent, and you need to literally climb down. I've never even thought of coming here in wet conditions, so I know it's going to be fairly slippery for both feet and fingers against the rock.
0: Just take small steps, Patrick. One foot in front of the other, that's all you have to do.
1: I try to replicate that counselor's advice here, operating very slowly from one section to the next. Okay, just keep your hands firmly clasping the rock paddy. You're well able for this. Mother of God, this is nerve-wracking. These conditions are too treacherous to continue. Slowly, but surely. Jesus, this is going to be tough. Careful now. I was in a car crash a few weeks after Killian's burial. Probably wasn't safe for me to be driving from the shock of his death. Miraculously, I emerged from that without injury. But I'm suspicious the pain I'm feeling now compensates for what I should have felt then. My body aches like a bomb has detonated through it. My ribs are loose as ribbons, and my femurs pain like a toothy hound making juice of their bones. And there's blood. Seems to be trickling slowly, but what if I'm left here for the night? It can't be too severe. I still seem to have my wits about me. Ha! Wits! great wits now in carrying around an uncharged mobile phone and you stuck down here Paddy Jesus Christ you need to be a man of primal energy to climb out of here I won't be found either in this sorry state and I not even the lung capacity to scream for help who'll even come looking the men might have already driven off thinking I've rejected flying home and Farage won't bat an eye because he thinks I've left already. Imad could assume I've the passport located. Now drowning is another possibility. There. Can you see how quickly my negative mind spirals? One technique the counsellor advised me to use during depressive episodes involves compiling joyous memories and recalling them in my head over and over. I've created different selections. One of my own boyhood, another chronicling my relationship with Eilish, our initial courtship, that sort of thing. In this situation, I picked my most popular movie of all. My Memories with Killian. Him in my arms for the first time at the hospital. Him shouting daddy excitedly, skipping towards me as he hops from the school bus. Age twenty, singing on stage in amen on the Thick.
4: His father may We snapped us, we shuck. Skandana octagon. Erainn ya, m'brannar gan cuir, isra gan is gan id agam erainn car, agam is ghnéidh lámhshé. A glock fee me mock, no jay knock, is caffe me gial, our far excheer, son will mug.
1: It gets dark. I'm afraid to attempt sleep in case I don't wake up again. Every few minutes I have a stop-start operation towards the bottle of water that I dropped, but my legs are like bricks. I open my mouth and catch what I can of the raindrops. Through the night my discomfort worsens. I think it's still night anyway. I can't open my eyes. I'm in such agony all I want is for my fate to be decided soon. Either die or be saved. No, you don't mean that, Patty. Of course you want to come out of this place alive. The new dawn will surely bring some sort of a search for me. Or will they bother? What if they presume it's my plan to disappear? This was my initial plan, after all. Buzzing in my ear. My nose runs. My head throbs like fireworks are within, waiting to explode. And then... Next thing... I see him. Him. Killian? He's in the distance, climbing down a canyon. Killian! I, I don't know if he's heard me, but he seems to be walking in my direction. You made it to Petra, Killian. He's too concentrated on his descent down to talk. Oh, get me out of here, son. Thank you. Thank you. He looks the same as before he left us. I take in the full of him as he kneels beside me, placing both hands under my back and attempting lifting me from the ground. He doesn't seem to have the strength, however. I try to shift my body upwards to assist him but to no avail. I say a few words, direct him to where it will be lighter for him to move me but he doesn't respond. Why isn't he hearing me? He tries again, pulls and pushes gently at different parts of my body to secure a reasonable grasp on me. Continues for about 20 minutes but then he becomes tired, sighs. And gives up. Killian, don't leave. Please. He's climbing back out. Upwards and upwards. Don't walk away. Help. He's out and walking now. Further and further away, however. His figure becoming blurry in the distance. Killian. Killian. Killian! Dad. My daughter's lips dip to mine and she plants gentle kisses all over my face. (sighs) Where am I, Joanna? She tells me I'm in hospital, in Amman. One of the Bedouin found me, just as they were about to call off the search. No. Killian found me. I I saw Killian. I'm not surprised, Dad. You're completely unconscious. She rings Eilish to rush to the hospital. They've all been here weeks, waiting and praying for me. National papers ran spreads on my disappearance. The photo Morris took with his camera was front page coverage. Rumour was even out I'd been abducted. Irish produces the passport and... <laughs> turns out the cave was where my passport had been hiding.
3: The flight to Dublin is now boarding at gate Twenty Four.
1: I put up no fight this time, boarding the plane back to Ireland. My body is still weak and bandaged to a hilt, and I tell you, I am glad to be returning to a comfortable bed. In Ireland, upon recovery, I settle into routine as best I can. I try to do the same things as I did in Petra, which seem to help me emotionally. I drive into town to choose a coffee shop, where I can spend my evening making notes and observations of the day. No café in a small Irish town operates later than 5.30. So I make my way over to the pub instead, on the main square. Paddy, what's that your scribbling? No mention of me, I hope. I don't want the wife finding out I'm here. No, nothing about you, Dermot. In the end I start doing my writing at home. I sit with my thoughts on the porch. Seem to work most effectively although I miss the street life to ignite my senses. I find a book club too and join that. I take up a computer class and one of the first things they show us was how to book flights. So that gets me excited. A fitness class is helping rebuild my strength. I speculated about getting a tattoo. I did get a tattoo. When I asked for the artist to ink the word Petra he asked twice if I definitely wanted a woman's name that was not on my wife's baptismal cert along my arm. Yes, was my emphatic reply. I sometimes even wore coal and the headscarf around the farm, although Eilish forced me to wipe it off before going out in public. Most around think I'm a full header at this stage anyway. When I went back managing the farm. Every Monday at the mart, other farmers were over asking about my Middle Eastern adventures. There was excuse for my non-conformity, at least. Ah, sure, his son died. Who knows what we'd start doing if we were in his position. The weeks fly by. I'm out one afternoon checking on cows in the fields. Below the farm at the house, I see Julie's car parked up. I hear a door slam. And Julie rushes into her car. Everything all right, Julie? You're going to knock into the bins. Down they crash. What the hell? That sickly feeling spreads over me when I realise I'm in the same position on the hill as the morning of Killian's death. Hearing Joanna in the house screaming. This time, I'm frozen as the house remains silent. My mind starts operating overtime. If it's anything drastic, I won't have the strength to face it. Joanna, is she all right? When was her flight back to Brazil? Herself and Ricardo have stayed behind in the Middle East to do some more travelling. I bolt back inside quick as I can. To find Eilish in tears in the kitchen.
2: What is it? I slept with Jack. Yeah, in Cyprus. But before that, too. All last year. I am the other woman. Stab me with this. I haven't wanted to be alive since Killian died. I've been making my life into one
1: mess after the other. I look down at the knife she's holding. It's one of a few remaining items of a set my mother had given Eilish and me for a wedding gift, as was commonplace in those days. Our wedding day. All the promises and well-meaning intentions. I nearly think about plunging the blade in my own craw for a moment. Instead, I just walk out of the room and go upstairs. into the bathroom, and I place the lid down on the toilet and sit there. Over the next few hours, I ponder over all of it. Part of me wants nothing more than to drive up to Jack's office, and just as he salutes, a fine kick in the groin so the next time he pulls down his pants near my wife, she's staring at blackberries. I contemplate the evidence
5: Julie showed us in the bank statement before she confronted Jack. All those hotel trips were with Eilish? Was it all in Ireland? Or has she been foreign on his account? She did find some cities
1: suspiciously easy to navigate. Also, no wonder she's yet to be published or film air a thing if she hasn't actually been to all these film festivals and writers' weekends she makes out she attended.
5: Then, another side of me thinks of Jack in Petra, talking genuinely about this being the woman he truly loved. Later, Eilish arrived up to check I wasn't drowning.
1: I'd filled myself a bath, but still didn't answer. Next thing, I hear the stepladder outside, and Radu, a new Romanian volunteer who has consequently just arrived the night before, is pressing his face in against the window, and me, naked as a newborn, in the top.
5: Elish
4: ask me check you?
5: Poor chap. He couldn't think of the English word for
1: drowning, so he pretended to choke as a signifying gesture and nearly slipped from the ladder himself. I wanted to sleep in the bath too, to avoid Eilish completely. But with only a damp towel as a duvet, it wasn't the most comfortable arrangement. I could hear her pottering about downstairs, so I couldn't choose the sofa, and I certainly wasn't going back into our own room. We've transformed Joanna's bedroom into the volunteer room, so all that was left was Killian's room smell damp, and of him. I sat myself on the bed, peeled back the bed covers, and wept until the pillow was pasted to my face. I went through his stuff. There was a radio plugged into the wall, pens on his desk, his books on a shelf, clothes dangling in the wardrobe, Several framed pictures line the wall. Two of him and his friends. One of him and me. On the bookshelf, I find a travel book on the Middle East. I can't believe it. As far as I can remember, Killian never mentioned any plans to visit that part of the Earth. When I open it, though, he has landmarks highlighted and tourist information underlined. There it is. Petra. With an asterisk alongside it. Later I go downstairs to boil the kettle. I've brought back mint and sage, and I fancy a cup of Bedouin-style tea. By right, Eilish shall have left the house to do her night shift in the nursing home. It's about two o'clock in the morning. But instead, she's come home for a break. Right now, she reminds me of the girl I first met. My first glance of Eilish was her standing outside at the dance hall, bothered because her date hadn't shown up. Go if you want. Go to Jack. If it's him, you want, Love, that's the main wonder of the world. Seriously. You'd be hard-pressed to watch a mightier spectacle in the Colosseum as two hearts falling head over heels. And name me a love triangle without complexities akin to the great pyramids. She needs to go back. Her break is up. As she leaves, she touches my hand. I hear her close the front door, start the car, and imagine a couple of restless patients waiting for her at the nursing home. She'll tuck them back in bed, read them a chapter of a novel, give them their pills. In this house, maybe it's not worth attempting sleep either, as upstairs Radu is snoring loudly. Instead, I go find my notebook and open a fresh page.
0: The play you have just heard, Paddy Goes to Petra, by Anya Ryan, directed by Anna Nugent, was performed by... Abdul Al Sharif as Faraj, Imad, Morris Tim Casey as Paddy Gina Costigan as Air Hostess and Attendant 2 Jessie Doyle as Ryan Air Hostess, Attendant 4 and Bereavement Counsellor Paul Nugent as Jack, Killian, Radu and Captain Mo O'Connell as Joanna and Attendant 1 Owen O'Sullivan as John Biog, Tom Murray and Dermot Fiona Tobin as Eilish and script consultancy provided by Claire Monnelly.
1: This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee.